Please stand for the reading of the word. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them. Luke 2, 4 through 7. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, have you ever bought yourself a Christmas gift. If you have ever bought yourself a Christmas gift, would you raise your hand? Wow. I didn't know that that was such an in thing to do. It was November 2001, long time ago. The Xbox had just come out. And there was this game that was being lifted up through media. It was called Halo. It was after Thanksgiving, and my son and I happened to walk into Best Buy. And for years, we had played video games. Now, I'm old enough to remember when there was just these two little white things that you could spin, and it would go up, and there was a dot and you could knock it back and forth. I think it was called Pong or something like that. Some of you have never heard about the very beginning of video games. But something happened as I walked in to Best Buy. This guy whispered. He said, Mister. He said it again. He started pointing at me. He goes like this. My son and I went over there. He said, do you want an Xbox? My son did not wait. Yes, my dad wants an Xbox, and he wants Halo too. He said, we had five come in. We have one left. Do you want it? Again, my son said, yes, I want it right away. And before I knew it, the Xbox was in a cart. Now, if you're going to get an Xbox, you had to get Halo. I was already at the register feeling so proud, knowing that so many other people wanted Halo and Xbox that year and would not get it. I'm taken into the vehicle. I sit down and I go, what in the world have I done? What's Cindy going to say? Now, I know enough about churches that when anybody starts preaching and they ever mention their wife, there is invariably at least 5 to 10% of the people in the church who will instantly, as soon as this service is over, 
you will share whatever I say about my wife. Maybe it's 20% here. But here's what I know happened. I started thinking, well, she's going to kill me. I went out shopping for others, and I bought something for myself. And so the thought came to me, what would happen if we would wrap up the gift and just have a, a, a note on it that says, thank you to the Crump family. You are such a blessing. Your friend in Christ. And man, I was starting to think, well, I've got to get new wrapping paper, and I've got to get tape and a bow, and I need to get a nice card. And in the midst of thinking about that, and I had already said to my son, you can sneak outside and ring the doorbell and then run, you know, run another way and climb in the window in your bedroom. I started thinking, that's a wrong thing to be teaching my son. Teaching him to lie, teaching him to deceive. And so I did what any other good guy would do, went home and just confessed and tell her the story. And take the heat and then play with the Xbox and Halo hour after hour after hour. I brought a cart with me. It's interesting. This used to be a big deal. Many of you this year never put one thing in this thing. In fact, what you did, some of you, you you've been doing your shopping right here. Uh, some of you, you have learned that the shopping cart, the best one, is the one that we, found, we find at Amazon. Man, you have been stuffing the cart, and Amazon's been loving it. They've got their trucks now, and they're doing all kinds of things. And most of us in this room, you know what we're looking for? We're looking for the perfect gift. And the perfect gift is, is one that we would give to someone that would meet a need. Something that they're really wanting. Something that would, would change maybe perspective or, or thoughts for the day. And as we've been trying to unwrap Christmas, I, I started thinking about that I needed to talk to you about this. The cart. What you're putting into the cart. What kind of gifts you're trying to give others. And maybe this year, if you're looking for a gift that you would be able to determine what gift you really need. You just heard from Luke chapter 2. It's a great passage of Scripture. And uh, it's a simple one because it simply tells us the story of, of Jesus' birth. Uh, and I think as, as we've gathered in this place, I want you to know that there's already been a gift that's got your name on it. It is already the perfect gift. Uh, I want you to know, for some of you, you're not going to like it because it is not unique. Every single person in this world has been given the same gift. And that is the gift of Jesus Christ. And if you have ever unwrapped that gift and you have let that gift be effective in your life, in your family, in your home, on your job, in your business, you know that that is exactly the gift that this world needs today. If there was ever a day that people would understand that it is not more possessions, but it is the person of Jesus Christ that we need. And so what is that perfect gift? It is Jesus Christ. 
And I believe that the desire to find the perfect gift that we have for others really comes from God. In fact, I'm convinced today that even the desire to shop comes from God. I'm going to stop here. I thought at least two or three ladies would have said amen right there. Did you hear, Tim? Did you hear what he had to say? That God gave me the desire to go shopping? Now, I also think God will give you the desire to pay your bills and your credit cards and all of those things as well. Because God has ultimately selected and given us the greatest gift of all time. Is there anybody you'd like to give the gift of Jesus to this year? Is there anyone that you think is hopeless, frustrated, discouraged, or depressed? You see, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, and that's the gift. And it really is a gift that we can use, but not just use, that we can be with. And this clearly shows us that God is love. It reveals to us his personality, that God takes charge, that God cares, and that he gives the very best regardless of the price. And throughout the ages, people all across the world have been like that guy in Best Buy. They've been whispering the good news of Jesus Christ. That that gift has been given to us. And his gift is perfect. Now, I have to tell you that before I knew Jesus Christ, I never would have thought that a gift of Jesus was that big a deal because I didn't know what Jesus could do. But I want you to know today that Jesus can do for you what you really need. Maybe not what you want, but what you need really need. You see, God being God, he could have given us all kinds of great gifts for Christmas. He could have given us a white Christmas, and he still can. He could send us joy or peace and even love. He could have sent us a boatload of money, and maybe he's given you a boatload of money. And by the way, I want to let you know, you come into the end of December, there is no greater way to show your love for God in the church than by giving sacrificially. And I'm just learning a little bit about your church. you got some snowbirds. And I, I just want to say this to all the snowbirds. When you're heading south, don't forget to leave your tithe here for the next few months. Amen? Okay, there are about three or four of you. A lot more chuckles than there were preaching there. Or amens, but that's all right. So why do we need this gift? I mean, seriously, why do we need the gift anymore? I mean, we are so technologically advanced. You know, it's funny. It is amazing to me what I can do with my little phone. And my guess is in five or ten years, it's not going to be a phone. I think iPhone, I think, I think the smartphone, it's going to go out. out. There's going to be something else. There's going to be something new. Well, a book written a long time ago, book after book after book in it, it's called the Bible, tells us in the book of Romans, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I want to let you know today the issue in America and, and across our world is not whether people are good or bad. The issue is not how good you are or how bad someone else is. The book of Romans tells us that we are dead. We are dead in our sin and in our transgressions and our trespasses against God. 
and that every single person on this planet has lived their life as though God has not existed. They have not let God be God, which in my opinion has to be probably the greatest sin of all. And we see, don't we, the wages of sin in our world. But Paul, writing to the church at Rome, says, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's interesting, in Romans chapter 6, right before verse 23, you find these words, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. Paul lets us know that we're going to be a slave to something. We're either going to be a slave to sin or we're going to be a slave unto righteousness and the things that God wants in our life. And he goes on and says, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. If you've ever played a video game, I want to let you know something. That Xbox, I want to tell you, the first day that we unwrapped that, that gift, and I got Halo and I put it in for the next, like, 12 hours, except for time to scarf food, my son and I were shooting and jumping and running throughout that game. And I'll tell you what, by the time the 12 hours were done, my hand, man, it was just kind of cramping. Because I was totally into the gift I had. I want you to know that the birth of Jesus reveals to us who God is. And that he can meet the needs of our life. It's interesting. My son and I, even though he lives in Wilmington, North Carolina, do you know what? Every Christmas time, we talk about Halo. And again, some of you are going, what in the world is Halo? I, I, is that something you got above your head or, or what? It's a game. And through the years, we've played Halo 1 and Halo 2 and Halo 3 and Halo 4 and Halo 5. And I want to let you know, next year about this time, Halo Infinite is coming out. Can you believe that? Halo Infinite. I mean, they're stopping, you know, they're not going to do 6, not going to do 7. It's Halo Infinite now. perfect gift, Jesus Christ. Do you realize that God is looking to give you a perfect gift this year? But for many of us, you know what we do? We don't want Jesus in our cart. So you know what some of us chase after? Some of us chase after possessions. Money. And the problem with money, I'll tell you what money does to us. Money numbs us. Now, someone says, numb me up. It's like a dentist. Numb me up. And how much money do we need? Just a little bit more. And a little bit more. And a little bit more. And I, you know what? I, I need not one home, but I need two homes. And if I get two homes, I want three homes. And if I have one car, I need two cars. And if I don't need two cars, I need three cars. I need one that was an old one that I can, you know, restore. Now, there's nothing wrong with restoring. I, you know what? I don't want to smack on you. Don't smack on me playing Halo. 
And so the question is, what is it that we're dumping into the carts in our life? You see, the person next to you probably is putting something different in the cart than you are, and it's easy for us to justify everything that we're putting in our cart that we think we need that is a perfect gift to help us live every single day. Now, for some of you, it's not possessions. You care less what you've got. If you've got shirt and pants or you've got a, a slacks and a, and a top or a dress or whatever, that's all you need. But for some of you, what you're looking for is a title. You're, you're looking for a position. You want to make it in this world. You want people to think that the world revolves around you. And you will do anything in, in this world to get influence, leadership, power, control. You'll sacrifice your family. You'll sacrifice your health. Because that's what you think is going to drive your life to this wonderful, wonderful place. And for most of us, you know what we don't want to put in here? We don't want Jesus. You know why we don't want Jesus in the cart? Because Jesus will change everything in our lives. He'll change your attitude. And boy, how sometimes we need our attitude changed. Some of you are naturally, you're just, you're loving and kind and gracious and, and you're filled with overwhelming love and, and when you walk into a room, you light it up. But there are some of us, when we walk in the room, we don't do any of that. When the Holy Spirit comes into our life, which is a gift that Jesus gave us, he helps us with our priorities. You know, I, 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 through the years as a pastor, I've run into a lot of people who said, you know, I can't believe the difference Jesus has made in my life. I, I, I've had people, especially guys, walk into church and, and they'll say, you know, the last time I was in church was like 20 years ago. And they kind of always look up and they're, they're thinking the rafters, the, 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 the roof's going to collapse because they've walked in. And I've seen those guys open the perfect gift of Jesus and I've seen such radical transformation in their life. They get saved they get sanctified. They give God their one and only life. And before long, they're pulling out their wallet. They're pulling out their business card. And everything they have is now at God's disposal. And it's amazing what happens. And as a pastor, after a few years, I sit down with them. And I, I said, did you ever think you'd be where you are today? And they just start laughing. They say, are you kidding me? There's no way I ever would give the kind of money that I've given to this church. But now they say, I can't even imagine not doing that. Through the years as a pastor, I've seen people open up a gift of Jesus when their marriage was broken and shattered. And there seemingly was absolutely no hope. I've seen miracles. You know, when I was young, I... Uh, about the only store my parents knew was Kmart. And I think we went shopping on Friday and Saturdays, and that's when the blue light was there. And those of you young, I'm sorry, you don't even know what I'm talking about, but I want to tell you, that's how hokey it was back in those days. But I, if the blue light wasn't doing this, 
for the next five minutes, I couldn't get clothes. And my parents would rush, and when I was real small, I'd be in a cart. It didn't take me long to learn that I didn't want to be in the cart. I wanted to be pushing the cart. Now, I tell you, businesses have set up so that little kids have their own carts are absolutely brilliant. Because why? Because kids are the best shoppers. They're reaching for everything. And if they have candy down low, what's the kid want to do? They put it in the cart. This morning, some of you need to make sure that Jesus is the gift that you get this Christmas. Some of you, you've had Jesus in your cart. Some of you have had Jesus in your cart. But I want to tell you, you're like me. When I was a little kid, and even as adult, I wanted to control the cart. You see, we want to push Jesus where we want Jesus to go. I, I'm not very good driving there, Sharon. And sometimes what we want to do with Jesus is we want to put him right over there. And then we want to go live our life any way we want to. The thing is, if you open up the gift of Jesus, he's with you 24-7. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, he will convict you when you do something wrong. When you say something that you shouldn't have said, when you had a thought that wasn't like Christ, he'll say, you know what, you can do better than that. You see, the difference really is, if you receive Christ, he's driving the cart. He's driving your life. He's driving your family. He's in control of it all. We are consumers who are being consumed by our consumerism. But we are called to be followers of Jesus Christ who have been called to be filled with the perfect gift, the greatest gift, one that will change you from the inside out. And for over 30 years as a pastor, I've had the wonderful opportunity to tell people about Jesus. So how about it today? What's on your list? What do you really need? It was my very first church. They were good folks in Braidwood, Illinois. I told them that as guys, we don't get a lot of good gifts. I told them typically we get socks and ties and underwear. That Christmas came our very first year as a pastor and wife. They had my wife, Cindy, and I come forward. They started with her, and there was this box, and there was just a $1 bill. What they had done literally was tape $1 bill after $1 bill after $1 bill. And they had her just literally pull it all the way. She went all the way out to the sanctuary, went around, got actually outside. That was her gift. She got a lot of money. I was thrilled. I go, I wonder what they're going to give me. 
in came this big box. It was great. I said, man, they thought of my wife. They're going to think of me. I opened this large box, and I noticed that there was a little smaller box. But in the, the first box, there was a tie. I opened the next box. There's a pair of socks. The next box, there was hankies, handkerchiefs. There was one small box left. Now, I want to tell you, I remembered what I had said a few weeks ago about what guys get. And everything that I said guys get, I had gotten but one thing. I saw people that I had never seen laugh. In fact, all my years there, they never laughed again. I saw weeping. I'd almost call it gnashing of teeth. And I took that little box and I held it in my hand and I said, I'm not sure I need to open that. People started saying, you got to open it, Pastor. You got to open it. You got to open it. I look back at my wife and I mean, she had the money. I had my socks. And I opened up and I saw a pair of Speedo underwear with the fish symbol for Christians. And one of the old ladies said in the back, she says, can't wait for you to use that gift, Pastor. We might as well dismiss right then and there. Through the years, I've given a lot of gifts. And I've received a lot. There's one gift you need, and it's Jesus. And some of you in this room, you opened that gift a long time ago. But you've kind of put him on the shelf. You see, when Jesus is the gift, you're going to be serving him somewhere. You are. Uh, you're going to volunteer for kids' ministry. By the way, I heard you had two great services last week. I know we're in transition. And I know it's real easy in the midst of transition to get worried, to pull back. But that's all what Jesus is calling us to do. Some of you, some of you need to find Jesus in your life. And some of you in this room, you've never opened up the gift that I'm talking about, and you don't even know how to do it. And so I want to tell you how to do it. It's real simple. The first thing you have to do is admit that you've lived your life without the gift, without Jesus. And before you get worried about what someone else is going to think about you, if you admit that, I just want to let you know that everyone here plus everyone elsewhere has done that very thing. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God.
We've got to admit it. We've got to confess it. There's something about confessing and admitting to ourselves and to others that that's what's happened. And that's the beginning. But just admitting it, just joining everyone else isn't the end because then what we have to do is repent. And that word repent means to do a 180. You see, we've all been living our life like this, saying, I don't need the gift of Jesus. I got my own gifts. I've got what I want. I've got my halo and my Xbox. That's all I need. Because you see, the Apostle Paul said, the God of this age has blinded us to the truth of our need for Jesus. But there comes a time, just like it did for Saul, Acts chapter 9, where all of a sudden the bright light comes to Saul, and it says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And all of a sudden, Saul... He gets blinded, but he finally repents. He turns, and instead of gathering Christians and killing them, what he does, he begins preaching the good news of Jesus Christ crucified. It was a real simple message this morning. I've always needed props. Always have. They're far more eloquent speakers. My question for you today is, what's in your cart? My question to you today, is Jesus really the greatest gift? And if so, are you letting him operate in your life? I don't know your practices here, but this is what I'm looking to do. I want to pray for you today. I've been praying for you. My wife's been praying for you. Not just for transition. We've been praying for renewal and revival. I've been praying that God would get the people, Columbus first, ready for whoever God has next. And I'm praying that the solutions to what is needed here happens here before we ever get someone. And I'm praying that God's going to let it start in you. But I'll tell you what I also believe in. I believe that there are times we need to come and talk to the Lord. And so they're going to sing. Praise team's going to sing something. I don't know, even know what they're going to sing. And I want to give you an opportunity. You want to come talk to the Lord? Please do so. But let's pray. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your holy word. Your word reminded us that after hundreds of years of waiting for the Messiah, that Jesus was born. And people missed it. Just like I think they miss it today because we keep looking for something that's going to fill the void in our life that I think can only be filled with our Creator. And God, I pray that maybe there's somebody here who would be willing to come and talk to you and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Maybe there's somebody in this place who would simply say, you know what? 
Jesus, I need to let you know that I opened the gift a long time ago, but I've kind of had you on the shelf, and I've been living my life, and I, I, I do my devotions, and, and I come to church, and I'm in Sunday school, and I'm in a small group, but, but Lord, the truth is I just kind of been doing this whole thing on my own strength and power. And I'm weary, and I'm worn out, and it's not working. And maybe there's somebody here who'd say, you know what, well, Lord, it's my family. Man, they, they, they need a miracle. Maybe there's somebody here that would really admit that what they've been put in their life, man, they're looking for that title. They're looking for that next promotion. Maybe they've already gotten it. Six months later, they, they're taken into an office and they're told, hey, we don't need you anymore. And they've given so much of their life to something only to realize that it, it, it didn't matter. Holy Spirit, I pray if there's anyone in this room that has never opened the gift of Jesus Christ and have never experienced salvation from their sins, have never come to the realization that they've lived their life without you. I pray that very thing would happen now. And I pray that they would come to a place where they could stand or kneel and they could pray. And they could admit to you that they've sinned. And they say, Lord, I'm going to live a different life. I, I repent. I, I turn away from that sin. And I, and I want to live in obedience to you. Speak to us, Lord. Amen.